ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. I'm ready. Let's go. Hunter Hart, welcome back to ATV Talk. How are you, brother? What's going on, guys? Pleasure to be back. Pleasure to be back. Dude, I'm glad to have you. Hey, I don't know, but I've been watching your social media and I've been checking results. You're on fire, man. What changed? Yeah. Oh, man. I I don't know. I think we um we just we just felt that it was time, you know. We we uh we put in a lot of the good work over this winter and it's, it's just coming together. We've, we've, we got a, we got a good mental program going on. We got a great race program going on and they're all just clicking together. It's, it's honestly all, all the pieces are kind of coming together that, that we've had before, you know, we've had all the pieces. We just didn't have, didn't have the pieces together. You know, we were trying to overlap some of them and, and not quite put them in the right order. And, and we've got the box just about put together now. And, and it felt like before we were trying to, trying to build a box out of a circle and, and now that we've got some of the right stuff in, in order, it's, it's going well, you know, we're, we're, we're putting in the, the right work and, and the progress is coming. We we've become what, what we always thought we could be. And, and we're close, we're close to close to the top. We're close than we've ever been. And, and we're pumped on the progress. That's so awesome to hear. Hey, but I want to throw a little curveball at you. All right. What are you doing on a three wheeler, man? Me. Oh yeah. man, that was, that was scary. That was scary. I didn't like that at all. I went to a corner. So I rode motorcycle. I've ridden motorcycles a lot of my life. And, uh, I went into the one berm and like, I put my leg down and they're like, dude, why'd you stop? I was like, I ran myself over. You know, <laughs> I put my leg down to like corner on a dirt bike. So I was like, Oh, I'm on a dirt bike. So I leaned into the corner, put my leg down. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on my, I'm parked on my leg. This is not what I need. <laughs> yeah. So very shortly after that, we drove back and we politely gave it back to him and said, boys, this is all you. This is not me. What, how did that all transpire? How did you, how did you even end up on the three wheeler? Yeah. So we were out at, well, what were we? We were out for the shooting of uh, butter two, which, which actually just got released today, June 23rd or 24th. And he was like, Hey, we've got this three wheeler. You guys, you guys want to rip it. 
And we were like, mm. I was like, because I'd always heard the uh, freaking horror stories of them. And I was like, nope, not riding that. And then they're like, no, it's, it's better. It's better. And then I get on it. And uh, Adam was like, dude, this thing's way sketchier than the old ones. He was like, this thing's, this thing's gnarly because it's so much higher up. Because based off of a motorcycle frame instead of like a real three-wheeler frame that sat down lower. And it was it was gnarly, stupid power. And and you know, I, I'd like to go on record as as the only person that's done a stoppy on a three-wheeler so far that I've seen. <laughs> Brother, you haven't lost your energy, and I love it. Uh, Not at all. We're we're ready to go, dude. We've got even more than before, you know. I mean, we uh we, we built a moto track just down the street from my house for my buddy. You know, we've, we've been ripping that a lot recently. Um, we've been just basically just killing it. You know, we've been having fun at home, ripping some jet skis, getting back to normal. And yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've just been, just been basically living, living the good life, you know, just like right now we're sitting in our side-by-side -side at, you know, eight 30 on my, on my coast time. And it's sunny, you know, it could be a little warmer for summer. You know, I'm in a sweatshirt right now in what should be midsummer in New York. But no, it's good. You know, New York dirt's been good and it's, it's all been good. You know, everything's been, been clicking right along and, and we're excited for summer. Summer's, summer's right around the corner. And you're in upstate New York, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, I'm about four and a half hours from the city. I'm, I'm basically 25, 30 minutes from the PA border. So we're, we're pretty close to PA. You know, we're, we're right up in the Finger Lakes area, you know, like, I mean, there, there's nothing around me. Like if there's, there's, I'm looking at a big old, old white farm barn and just, just rolling hills around me and everything. That's so awesome. Last time I spoke to you, you were in Florida. Yes. Yep. Down in the keys. I was down in the keys actually with my, my buddy, we call him manager, Mike. He's uh, going down there actually again, pretty soon to go lobster fishing with him, which is, which is a hoot. That's so cool. I forgot to put, I forgot to push my other alternate record. Oh, well. Oh, okay. She'll, oh, she'll, only, she'll only be mad at me for a short while. So let, let's talk more about the, the, the ignition of the beginning of the year in the GNCC series. You jumped out and you had a really good first round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So round, round one, we started, you know, we had a, had a horrible start. I think we were just about third to last, which is ironic because Bryson and Walker were second and first to last. They ended up wadding up in the first corner. And then just a little bit of luck played to our side. And, and we ended up third on the day there and Bryson Walker were ahead of me. And then we went into Florida and we ended up getting second there. And, and I think it was just, we were able to, able to mitigate the, the madness at the first round better than um, anybody else could, because they were just, it was, it was just easy for us to kind of come in with, with a clean, clear headspace because we, we, we had raced all those guys all, all winter long and we knew exactly where, where we wanted to be. And, and how, how we wanted the first round to go. And, and we had just been able to just replicate it kind of on the off GNCC weekends before that. And, and you know, repetition's key. There, there's nothing to replace, put, replace laps and replace, replace a flag throw. You know, you can, you can do as many laps at the practice track as you want, but until you're actually at a race, you know, uh, a mock-up race to, to what you're going to see in a, in a real race, you really know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to click in that, that second hour. You don't know what's going to click in you know, when you catch a lap or you don't, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen when that first flag flies, you know, and if you can get enough of those into where, you know, round one doesn't feel, feel like round one, it feels like, oh, we're, we're three, four rounds in already, you know, let's, let's just go, let's, let's keep this rolling and let's just keep going with what, what we've worked on all winter and, and tweak the little things that we've had to tweak. And that's kind of the theory that we we've always used is, is getting in those preseason races to where round one isn't round, round one, quote unquote, 
it's, it feels like round three or round four. So we don't go into it all nervous and, and corked with all this corked up energy and, and it works well, you know, it, it, it sometimes will bite us in the butt every now and then because we we're not as pumped as we should be for the start of the GNCCs, but 90, 95% of the time it works beautifully for us. And we're able to just carry the momentum in into the rounds. And then that's the other huge thing with, with being in Florida all winter is, is if round one doesn't go great, I know that Florida's Florida's round two and, and we can always come out swinging there just, just like we did this year. You know, we, we led, we led a little bit of Florida. We were second for most of the day. Then Bryson got us and then Walker's leading. It was Bryson. And then Bryson ended up breaking on the last lap. And we ended up bringing it home for a second, which, which was sweet. That was, that was one of the better races we've run. And then we've just, we've just kind of been building from there. We had a couple little high and lows, which, you know, just, just fluke things ended up happening to me at a couple of them, but all in all, we we've been consistent and just, just clicking the boxes off, which is all we can, all we can really ask for on a weekend. Were those little things that happened, were those, uh, terrain related or were they mechanically related? So, um, man, the first one was in Georgia and, and I just, um, I, th- I think that I, I truly just had a, had a, had an off day there and, and I just didn't, didn't come in fully prepared for myself. And then the other one was John Penton where we ended up just, man, we, that, that was a horrible day. We, we had a terrible start and then we had worked our way up to say fifth or sixth by the end of the first lap. And I actually ended up getting something in my eye and we, we couldn't see it. And, and it literally was like, I was looking through, looking through a water bottle the whole time. I couldn't see, you know, the trees, if there were two trees that I was splitting, you know, there'd be a third hazy looking tree in the middle. And I, I didn't know if it was actually there or if I was just seeing things and it was my depth perception was off and everything like that. And we ended up, ended up 12th there. And then we thankfully bounced back the next weekend at Ironman for one of our better rides. You know, we ran second all day or second, most of the day. And then Walker ended up catching us the third lap. And, and he basically pulled me home to a third overall there. And then this last round at Mason Dixon, we ended up going, ended up second, uh, second there, right behind, you know, right behind Walker there. We actually grabbed the whole shot. Uh, I let Walker by just kind of knew he could set a better pace than I could early on. And then we just kind of tagged in behind him for laps. Uh, what was it? Laps one and two. And then after that, he tagged a little vine coming into the scoring on the third lap. Managed for me to regain the lead. I led, I think, six miles or so of, of that race. And then he ended up getting me back at about six, seven mile marker. Followed him for the rest bit. And then the last lap, I was pretty much on my own. And, and we brought her home for for another second of the year. So it's good. We've definitely been using using a lot of them as just building box, building blocks and just learning learning as we go. And, and we we're, we're making progress, you know, the strides aren't, you know, you're not going from, you're not going from step one to two, three, four, right now you're on step one to 1.5, 1.75, then, then to two, you, you're just, you're, it's very slow, slow progress right now, but, but it's, it's, it's huge on race day. We've, we've got a good program worked at home. I, uh, I go see, see basically my, my uh, race, as I call my race therapists, uh, Stephen Denise Hatch, absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal people. I see them twice a week and, and they, they've just, we've just been killing it with them recently. They've, they've definitely opened it up and, and we've gotten to the point where we're, we're good on race day. You know, we, we come in cool, calm and collected and, and we're just, we're ready to kill it every weekend. For you, Hunter, do you believe that most of your racing is mental? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you show up and, and you're not present and you're not, and you're not there, then there's, there's no point to, I mean, there's no point for you to go to the line that day because you're just, you're just not going to put a, put a good foot forward. 
And, and for everybody, it's different though. I mean, I've, I've always been one of those, those mental guys. Like I've, I've got a lot of, a lot of little forks that, that they've tried to unroot, you know, like I've got to always put my left sock on right boot first. I never wear matching gloves. Um, you know, just, just a lot of those things. And, and it just, you know, it's, it's just a lot of those things that I have to check those little boxes before, before the day can even start. Like at the last, like, for example, last GNCC, we're sitting on the line and, and I kind of like, I started to cough a little bit and I was like, Oh no, this isn't good. And I ended up throwing up on the line and back long story short, back in the youth days, I used to throw up on the line every time they'd sing the national anthem, you know, at seven fifty-five. we put our helmets on. I'd never strap it about 35, 40 seconds after it ended, boom, throw up, put my helmet on, ready to go. You know, that was just like the, the, the mental clarity right there. And then I ended up throwing up on the line and there were a couple, a couple guys that were like, Oh no, Hunter's out for today. You know, the kind of motion, like made a motion and they're like nope hunter just got sick he's out for today and then i ended up going out ripping the whole shot and, and putting on arguably one of my one of my best races to date and it's it's just that thing where it's it's a it's a mental clarity for me is, is i'm able to basically like i i throw up and i get those jitters out of the way and then then we're just ready to go we're, we're cool calm and collected after that and you know it, it doesn't work for everybody but but you will see occasionally you know the guys that are that are at the cream of the crop you know they they end up they end up having those weird little things that they'll do just, just from the nerves and, and the butterflies. Sometimes you, you just can't, you can't contain them and, and they end up, you know, rising to the surface a little quicker than you'd like. And then once, once we threw up, we were good to go and, and we were just easy. You know, there was no, no real highs or lows. We just basically stayed, stayed flat the whole day and, and we're, was a solid day. That's pretty awesome. You know, if you start charting geniuses in the world, people that have done things that, that maybe in art or maybe in music or business. If you start looking at some of the most famous people in the world, they all have get glitches or, or oh. whatever you want to call whatever you want to call it. You know, everybody's got their own OCD or whatever, or whatever it is. So you having things like that is not a, a negative. I think it's, it, it, it's, on the verge of setting you up for something bigger than you ever could imagine uh, because you're dedicated and you're always thinking for the next event, for how to raise your bar. You know, when your mind never shuts off, that just means you're a great competitor. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. You know, we, um, kind of one of those things that we've, we've looked at forever is, is my buddy down the street. He was like, dude, I've, I've wanted to build a motocross track forever here. I was like, Hey, let's do it. You know, we ended up actually going out and we spent, I mean, I spent 75 hours in a skid steer that, you know, the last four or five weeks just getting this track built. And I mean, the, the things, the things beyond cool, you know, um, it's, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a quad track. I, we had a couple of uh, bike buddies come out and they're like, Nope, not for us because it's just so hard packed. And, and the, you know, it, it's, it's all terrain, you know, like the, the hills around here are pretty, pretty steep. So you're, you're using a lot of that natural elevation and stuff like that. But I mean, the track there is super sick and and I'm just, I'm excited for, for what, uh, what the future can hold, because we, we've definitely have been putting, putting in the, the right stuff to, to continue to go forward. And, and that's just, what's exciting is, is to be able to see, you know, the, the struggle Monday through Friday pay off on the Saturdays and the Sundays, because it's, it, we're, we're not showing up anymore and getting our teeth kicked in for, for a fifth or a sixth, you know, we're, we're putting in the same amount of effort as we were for, for seventh and eighths. And, and, and we're second and thirds. And, and I mean, that's, that's just where it's, where it's a huge, huge added bonus is, is that it adds this, this whole level of fun back into my life 
because it's it, it's a stressful thing. A lot of people, a lot of people at, at the top and even in the in any form of racing know that that once you apply that that pressure, that that it just kind of snowballs and compounds and compounds. Like I was at a local last weekend and uh there were a couple of buddies of mine they were talking they're like yeah dude they're like it, it was so stressful when when we went for the when they were talking about when they went for their class championship and they were like dude i, I don't know how you do it i was like dude I, i've lived with that pressure for the last 10 10 11 years of my life and they're like how do you just show up every week and i'm like you, you kind of become numb to it to a degree or, or or it drives you insane a little some days and and that was just kind of you know like I, i've never really heard heard somebody phrase it like that but but it makes sense that that, you know, at some point you, you start to have these, these little, like these cracks and stuff that end up getting filled with, with, with your quote unquote, your glitches, because you, you can't, you, you can't show up every day and put your body through the mental and the physical side of this with, without eventually turning into something that, that you never even thought was possible, you know, as like my mom and I were talking the other night about the uh, possibilities. And, and I was like, mom, did you ever think that, that we'd get this far? And she was like, no, she goes, I, I never, I never knew what, what the end goal or what the end end objective was, but she was like, it's, it's crazy to see, see how far we've come because I mean, literally when, when we started racing, we, we, we didn't even, we, we had literally little to no idea about, you know, the, the racing and, and how it worked and, and that there was a GNCC series or that there was something bigger than, than our local series that, that raced 20 minutes down the street. You know, we, we didn't know that, that there was something bigger that that there was that there was pro ATV motocross that there was desert racing that there was side by side desert racing that there was just all these other forms of racing within it and, and it's just cool to be able to see how far how far you can go and and you never know what what's around the next corner you know I I never know what's what's around the next corner and and that's the cool thing is is that this sport there's there's so many opportunities for you to not only a meet, meet your idols, but, but to one day you get to, you get to line up with them and, and be right there next to them and high five them, talk with them and, and race literally wheel to wheel with them. Like, I don't, I don't know any other sport other than, than the moto community where you can literally be a 10 year old kid and be like, man, I want to race, you know, fill in the blank one day. And, you know, seven, eight, nine years later, if, if you make it to the pro level, you can be like, wow, I, I get to, I get to go bump bump elbows with, with the Chris Borches and, and the Adam McGill's of the world, you know, cause I've got photos of, of nine-year-old Hunter Hart, you know, standing there with, 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 uh, Adam McGill at Unadilla and Chris Borch at a local, you know, and, and it's just like, you never think that you're going to get to line up with those guys until one day you're, you're lining up and, and they're parking right next to you. And then after the race, you get to go to dinner with them and, and, um, shoot the, shoot the stuff about after the race and, and talk about the race and all that good stuff and, and just be buddies with them. Like on, on a real level, you, you get to call them your friend and, and stuff like that. And, and it's just cool to, cool to be able to not only idolize your heroes, but, but then you get to be, you get to be with them and, and you literally can, I mean, I could call up, you know, Chris or Adam right now and they'd probably answer, they'd call me back. And that's just the cool thing is, is the people that you look up to as a kid, you, you literally have a pretty solid chance that one day you'll get to just be their buddy and go hang out with them and, and literally go to dinner just, just to go to dinner with them because you guys don't have anything else to do. And, and that's what I, I love about this sport is it's just so cool to be able to a have a hero, B meet your hero and C you, you, you can be the next generation's heroes, you know, and, and that's the coolest thing about it. It is. It is pretty amazing, isn't it? blows my mind it, it blows my mind all the time and and i've got a sign in the garage that says make make 10 year old you proud and and i'd like to think that we've done a pretty 
pretty good job of that. And, and that's something that I've had in my garage for years since I was say 14 or 15 years old, because it rings relative to, to no matter how old you are, you know, because I, I want to be, I want to be the pro that that 10 year old me would have wanted to be like, mom, dad, can, can I go, can I go hang out with Hunter? Can I, can I go see what Hunter's doing? Can I, can I go see if Hunter will, Hunter will come over and teach me how to ride my ATV today? You know, like I want to be that pro that, that all the kids want to be like, because at, at one time I was the kid that, that wanted to be like the pros and, and it's just the trickle down effect. That's, that's cool to see for me on, on the grassroots level. That's pretty awesome. So do you think that Walker is taking note? Uh, taking, taking note of, of what exactly? Of let's, you. Let's, I mean, I, I would hope so. You know, I mean, he, he basically let me in, let me into his house and, and, um, he, he lets me, his mechanic Mark actually preps all my race bikes and stuff like that. So he's, he's basically, you know, I, I don't know if it's the whole keep your friends closer, your enemies closer type of thing, but, uh, it's, it's cool to be able to go out to Walker's Walker's place and, and just, just soak up as much as I can with him, which it's kind of ironic because the, the, uh, week before the, the, the last GNCC, we, we were out at Walker's and he led the first two laps. I led the third lap. He led the fourth lap and I led the fifth lap, just kind of basically we were, we were going back and forth, just putting in a solid solid day and it was it was ironic because at the at the race it was like the exact same thing but i i was like man walker probably didn't mean to let me lead you know the third lap again but it was it was super funny the way it ended up working out and it was it's just cool to be able to to once again there's another one you know go go soak up as much as you can of these guys and and that's one thing i've always tried to be was was a sponge and just soak up any and all information that i can that i can learn from them and and it's and it's so cool to cool to just see see the way that they run a program and be like man you know like like there is a light at the end of the tunnel you can do this full time if if you put in the right one two three four steps and it's just it's just cool to see see walker and be able to call walker a friend and you know he he helped me out a lot last year when when we were on the struggle bus hard and him and mark basically took me under their wings and and helped us get get our get our race program and, and our life back on track, which was which was pretty sweet of which was pretty sweet of them, and, and I'm super thankful for that. Well, he comes from a heritage line of being being, for a lack of a better word, he was taken under Bill Balance's wing. He's worked with other champions. Uh, he has people in his corner now that have been champions and, and been at, at the highest level. And they're all instilling in him to pass the torch when it's time. So that you're, if you want your program to live on, you take that individual and you teach them and that's the guy that's going to carry your torch on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of funny cause he's, he's joked about it. You know, he's like, yeah, Mark's going to need a job here in a couple of years, buddy. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're just going to be, you're just going to step in for it. And, and it's kind of funny, like we joke about it, but, um, it's, it's cool though. You know, Walker's Walker's got some pretty high goals and, and I'm excited to see, see at what point he can get, what point he can get to. And, and I'm hoping to help, help take a couple of those wins away from him at some point, but it'll be, it'll be cool. You know, the, the guys, the guy's tough, you know, he, he's a straight up beast on on uh on race day you know that he, he's a tank you know not not much stops stops old wf and, and he just basically can just truck to the front and, and it's just he's just a diesel you know i mean 
no fade ever. The guy just clicks off lap after lap after lap after lap. And, and there's no up, down, sideways. You know, the guy's just just flat, flat as can be. And he just basically just keeps clicking them off one by one. And then at the end of the day, he's just like, oh, that was another one. Got it. And, and you know, that's that's one thing that I aspire to, to work on. And, and we've been working on recently. It's just, just clicking them off one by one because he just – that's where we're definitely not, I wouldn't say lacking, but, but to him, it's, it's a little bit of our, our kryptonite a little bit is, is just being able to click off lap after lap after lap. And I think it just comes with time, you know, because when you look at it, I mean, I was, I was still in youth when, when Walker went to the pro class, you know, and, and when you look at that, I mean, it's kind of crazy that a lot of the guys I'm, I'm racing now that are, that are still the top, top three, four guys, you know, I, I was in youth when, when they were, when they were in their second, third, fourth year in XC1. And, and, and that's a lot of time to catch up to when you're trying, when you're trying to race them head to head and, and you got to You got to be quick. You got to be quick. You got to, got to soak up as much as you can, as quick as you can, as, as, uh, in as short of amount of time as you can. I agree with that. There is no substitute for seat time and you're still developing as a man. You're still young and you, you have to develop your physical body. Your mind has to develop into the racer that you're going to become. For some guys, they get it a little younger. For other guys, they get it a little older. Um, but if you look at most of your fast guys in the ATV world, they are a little older. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're right on that 24 to 25 mark. And, and I think that's just just part of the game is, is that there's so much, so much to learn. And it just takes it takes a hot minute to, to get it all figured out and be able to, to push forward at, at your best level without, without making the dumb mistakes, because it's not about how fast you can go. It's, it's about how fast you can go while not throwing it away three corners later. You know, if, if you shave off three quarters of a second, you know, in turn two, but then in turn five, you're, you lose three and a half seconds. You know, you're just like, well, that was a bummer. Let's, <laughs> let's move on from that. And, and, and that's one of the things I'm assuming that you and Walker work on is lessening the mistake. You know, I truthfully, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's just a hunter hold on and pray when, when we're riding with Walker, because we, uh, we try to try to learn as much as we can, as quick as we can. And, you know, we always, I always make the joke with him. I'm like, damn, who, who cut this track Walker? Cause he's, cause he's considerably shorter than me, especially when we're sitting on the bike and, you know, there'll be stuff slapping me in the face, you know, tree branch. Not, like there's this one tree that we were joking about. There was like a, it was an oak that was leaning down, you know, Walker kind of just like ducks his head a little bit. I've got to like sit on the nerf bar to duck under the thing. And he's like, yeah, you know, we really didn't mean, didn't really know to cut that, but uh, eh, well, I might cut it next time you come out. And I'm like, ah, whatever, buddy. I'll just keep ducking for it. I go, as long as it doesn't get any lower, you'll be fine. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, yeah. So, so Walker's Walker and yep. Bryce and you seem to, are starting to be fighting for the number two spot. You think? I, I think Bryson Bryson was a strong dude before he ended up getting hurt, which which is a bummer how the way that all transpired. But no, I think Bryson Bryson has stuff together. You know, Bryson's got a lot of a lot of raw speed that he can just that he can just throw throw into it and just kind of kind of bully beat down the thing to, the way he wants it to go. And 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 that's one of the interesting things about him is is him and Walker are completely different. You know, if you compare those two, you'd be like, oh yeah, those guys, those guys aren't the same at all. You know, Walker kind of finesses the bike and and floats floats through a section where where Bryson kind of comes into it and and basically like fully beat down bulldozes his way through it. And amazingly, both both the techniques are, are just equally as fast. You know, like you put him and Walker in, in a section together and you and you start a stopwatch. 
I bet you there won't be a, a tenth of a second between them, and it, and it could be a mile, two miles, three miles, and and they're going to both hit the section completely different. And and you're like, man, what? How is that possible? You know, why why is that possible? How how can they do that? And at the end of the day, it's it's just the fact that they're able to, you know, they, they both have that, that determination that, that they, they're going to do it that day. And, and that's just the thing that we've been working on is, is just being one of, one of the guys, you know, considering ourselves as, as one of the guys and, and not just kind of one, one of the could be guys, you know, we want to be considered one of the guys. I think you're already considered to be one of the guys. We, we want to be a little, little closer, you know, we want to be about 35 to 40 seconds to race closer that that'll be good. That's where, that's where we want to be. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. So when you go out and you're training, are you training by yourself or you have somebody with you that's shooting those videos that you keep posting? Yeah, no. So I, uh, I, I usually am riding all by myself most of the time. And then occasionally I'll have a buddy come out and, and they'll shoot the videos for me when, when they come out, but no, 98% of my riding is, is done by myself. And, and it's just, it's, it's not in that people, people don't show up. It's, it's just that there, there's such a void of, of people, you know, I mean, I live literally in the, in the middle of nowhere and there's, there's not a ton of people out here, which, which is, it is a positive and a minus, you know, no, nobody complains about the riding because there's, there's nobody to complain. And the other thing is that, you know, that there's nobody around. So there, there's nobody to have come ride. And, and my loop in my house has, has over the years, just, just equally gone up in skill as, as I've gone up in skill. And, and that's the big issue is, is like, I can't, I'd love to have all of these people come over and ride with me, but, but the problem is that, that not only would it be a danger for them, but, but it would, it'd be a danger for me too, because, you know, you, you throw some of these people on that, that are great racers at, at locals. And I mean, I've got some stuff in my house that's gnarly, you know, like I've had a couple of buddies come over that, that were local, local pros and they didn't make it 45 seconds on my loop and, and they cartwheeled down, down a stupid hill. He just literally caught a route wrong and just cartwheeled a brand new bike down the hill. And he was like, yo, that's why I don't come over and ride here. And, you know, it's, it's just like, it's not even that my house is dangerous. It's just that the, the, the skill set needed for this stuff is, is so, so gnarly and so high because it's just, you know, like as I've gotten faster and faster, you know, you know, as well as I do, you can't have a practice track that's boring or else, or else you'll just get bored. You know, I need my mind to constantly be going. And a lot of the stuff is super steep or, or super, super gnarly and, and just rough and, and rooted and rocky. And, and it just, it can go quick. It can go bad quicker than, than you, most people can process what's happening. <laughs> I, I know you got to make it tough, but you don't got to make it, you know, destroy equipment as well. No, no. If you hit it faster, you're good. You know, as, as you hit it faster, the faster you go, the smoother it is. So that's the other catch, you know, you've got a double-edged sword here, you know, you want to go slow. So you're good. But the faster you go, you know, you start kind of skimming over the roots then and then and everything. And then you're just, you're good. But it's, yeah, it, it's like a, it's, a, it's like a triple edged sword. It, it's basically a Chinese throwing star at this point. <laughs> wow. So you guys are on break now. Soon. Uh, we've got snowshoe this weekend. Okay. Okay. I knew yeah, I, we've I knew got I snowshoe. off on my dates a little bit. So yeah. you guys leave yep. to go there. We're going to leave tomorrow morning at about nine, nine, 10 AM. We're going to leave then get there. What do we get there? We'll get there about, about dinner time tomorrow. And then we'll just kind of hang out, get in the hotel room Friday. I'll probably go check out some of the track and stuff like that. And then Saturday it's go time, baby. Go time. 
on Friday when you go check out the track, is it a walkthrough that where you walk the track, or is it, uh, or do you, you do you get in a different class and and ride or something like that? It's no, so there's no pre-riding of the course. You can either bicycle or walk the track. And usually it's, it's been hit or miss this year for if they've been wet, we've, we've walked them or if it's been, you know, I've, I've, my bicycle broke, we, we'd walk them then, but, uh, it's been split probably 50, 50 on, on biking and walking. And uh, on Friday, I'm probably going to end up biking it because snowshoes a long one, you know, that's, that's a super long one, a lot of elevation there and stuff like that, but no, it'll be good. I'm, I'm excited to go check out, check it out. You know, it's, it's one of our gnarlier races of the year, just cause it's so rocky on, on a ski resort and stuff stuff like that it's just it's a lot gnarlier than than a lot of the locals or excuse me a lot of the nationals are just just because of the fact that it's on the side of a mountain in west virginia that that is 100 miles from civilization civilization you know you literally drive to your phone says no cell service drive another 50 miles and you're there (laughs) so when you've lost civilization you're driving you just you lose civilization you don't see anything for about 20 you see the last gas station about 30 miles before snowshoe and you just keep driving. Just, just drive till you see the highest mountain and you're there. Oh, that's so awesome. So when yeah. you say it's got a lot of elevation, does it change by hundreds or does it change by thousands? I think in a lap we'll lose about 17 to 1800 feet of elevation from the highest to the lowest points. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So it used to be a big issue back in the day with the carb bikes. The carb bikes would act up forever on it because you, you couldn't jet for 1,800 feet of elevation change on a mountain. You know, you, you just couldn't jet for that. So you had to pick if you wanted to be running well on top or, or well on the bottom of the mountain or, or if you wanted somewhere in the middle. So it kind of ran eh on both and, and ran decent in the middle. And that was always the, the big trick. But now with the fuel-injected bike, it's, bikes, it's not as big of an issue anymore. And, and that's the nice thing is that it doesn't, it doesn't affect us as much anymore. Because I remember we used to go there when I was on, in the minis. We would go there early just so we could get the bikes, bikes jetted close to where they could be. Because, I mean, mini, mini quads are even worse than big quads because they, those just do not like to run at elevation at all. <laughs> so is, is it lava rock or is it the slippery round stone no so this is this is some good stuff this uh this will this will eat your tires up in this one race you know these are one and done tires but the the it's it's real sandy it's like a quartz quartz rock like there's beautiful traction you know people are like oh there's no there, you know there's gonna be so tra- there's gonna be no traction and, you know if it's raining there even better traction because the rocks stay clean and it just literally just tractor over the stuff and you're through it and, and that's the cool thing is that there is so much traction available everywhere there for, for the most part, but you do then get these sinkholes that'll, that'll just, you'll, your bike will just be gone. You know, you might as well call a rep. You might as well just say Kumbaya and be like, sorry, bud, bike staying here. You know, that, it, it is part of the mountain now. And there's just, there's rock gardens like that as well there that you, you could literally lose a bike and you'd be like, huh, well, that's gone. All right. Guess I'm walking back to the truck. Then you got to worry about the bears too. There's, there's bears there that'll eat you. I, and I'm convinced Sasquatch lives on that mountain somewhere, you know, in a, in, a, in a cave or something, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some Sasquatches up there, you know, they're hunting us down. They're, they're just waiting to, waiting to catch one of us and eat us, you know, take us in as their own, maybe raise as a cub. Are you What's that? To the mad dog or the, are you listening to the dog man podcast? Is that where all this comes from? No, no. So I, uh, I was in Georgia and my buddy Trey, who's actually coming up after snowshoe, he kind of like my adopted brother, you know, he kind of just, I drag him around the country with me and uh, him and I actually went to the Sasquatch museum. Yep. 
went to a museum on Sasquatch. It was it was the corniest thing I've ever been to. It was hilarious. They uh it, it was basically like a big tourist trap because at the end you get it and they're just selling like shot glasses, t-shirts and and photos and, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, like it, it could have been a lot cooler, but it was like it was real cheesy, but it was it was one of those things that like you went to and you're like, huh. All right, fair enough, I guess. And and the funny thing is they were packed. Like the parking lot was packed full of people. And I'm like, the American spirit of freaking sell anything is is alive and well. And I was like, this is this is funny. Hey, what is cat what color does capitalism see? Green. Green. That's right. <laughs> Dude, if we can right. if we can if we can market it, we can sell it. That's right. That that's the whole trick, is you know, it just uh, it doesn't matter how good or bad your product is, it matters how how well your marketing department's going to sell that thing you know you i mean they heck look at the guy that sold rocks i mean guy's a millionaire and all they did was go out in his front yard pick some rocks up and go this is a nice rock you should buy it and i sell accessories for this rock and and the guy made stupid money you know there's a lot of stuff like that like that people just make stupid money on and i'm like man why didn't i think of that you know like there's a lot of stuff and i'm like that's so simple and it literally it's it's the simple stuff that you just got to sell it and and people will buy it, you know. People will buy anything. I've I've learned. They will. They will. So, what's your favorite place to go race? Florida. Love Florida. Why? What's the What's the attraction? I don't know if it's the fact that I get to spend all winter there, or that it's warm, or that it's sandy, and it's kind of like a day at the beach. But I, I don't really like the beach. Like as a person, I hate the beach. I, I feel like. There's nothing to do there. Like I don't do well sitting and laying on the beach. Like I struggle with that. Like I deep down struggle to just lay on the beach. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. You know, like, that's just not my cup of tea. Like if you were like, Hey Hunter, we're going to the beach and you can bring your trials bike. I'd be like, sold. I'll be there. I'll be there all day. You know, count me in. But if you're like, Hey Hunter, we're going to go to the beach. And we're going to get a tan on our cheeks. I'd be like, Nope. Be like, I'm going home. <laughs> you know or if you're like if you go to me you're like hey hunter we can go to the beach dude and they've got an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet i'd be like sold i'll be there but you know if it's just like oh let's go to the beach you know let's let's watch the waves crash into the sand you know maybe we'll just you know we'll relax maybe we'll, we'll we'll do some some hot yoga in the sun you know i'd be like nope i'm out like heck i went to the beach last year with uh some buddies and they're all just kind of like chilling you know uh just hanging out. I built a motocross track. I brought a shovel and I built a legit like one twelfth scale motocross track. I'm out there digging a hole. Like I dug like a five by five hole because I need all this sand. So I dug this five by five hole, built a motocross track, built a sand castle. You know, I was, I was ready to go, dude. Like I needed something to do. I couldn't just lay there. I was like, got to do something. And that's, that's what I, that's what I found constructive constructively was the best use of my time was to dig a, dig a hole. <laughs> so what about surfing or or scuba diving or anything like that i like i like uh so ironic um i've never gone real surfing i was horrible at boogie boarding i used to get just plastered with sand you know eat eat seashells for days from that but i did this motorized um thing called jet surf down in florida that was pretty sick that was like a big motorized surfboard that was pretty sweet i like that so i probably like surfing but you know, I, I don't know. I, I definitely would have to, you know, consider, consider the sharks, you know, go to one of those beaches that didn't have a lot of sharks at it. Cause I like, I like my current condition of skin. I don't, I don't need any, you know, like, like big <laughs> gnarly sea scars on the legs or the, the stomach, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of, a lot of fat on me either. So the shark would bite into me, dude. And it, it do a lot of damage. Like there'd be no, 
no soft tissue. It, it'd be straight into muscle. And then, you know, that'd, that'd be, that'd be a pain, you know, have to go in, get them all stitched up. And there's just not what I need on a Tuesday night in, in the ocean, you know, in the Santa Monica pier, not what I need on a Tuesday night. <laughs> so I'm taking it. You don't like salt, saltwater Crocs either. No, nope. So funny story to go with those. So I'm last year down lobster fishing and I'm swimming in the water and this, it was, it was a barracuda thing comes like swimming at me, teeth out of his mouth, dude, jumped out of the water. I was like, Oh, I'm done for today, guys. It's like, what, what happened? I was like, there's barracuda. It was like four or five foot long barracuda. I'm like, I'm not getting in the water, dude. I'm done. I'm good for today. And he's like, I'll get in tomorrow. And the guy, he's like, don't be a little girl. He's like, get back in there. And I was like, Nope, not doing it. And then ironically that next day they were talking there was one of the local guides caught a saltwater croc like a 14 foot long saltwater croc like three miles away i was like see i knew something was up i'm like lucky that wasn't me the dead in a death roll buried in the beach somewhere <laughs> you know because like this is how i envision it going you know you saltwater croc kind of comes up out of curiosity takes a little bite out of you Eh, all right, you're takes some time to swim to the boat, you know, cause you're, you're dragging a limb behind you at this point, you get close to the boat, boom, great white shark attacks you, boom, rips the limb off. Not only does the great white shark attack you now, there's also a tiger shark and a lemon shark that were circling you. And they're like, Ooh, look at this little boy. He's freaking injured. Bam, bam. Now you're, now you have no arms, no legs, and you're just kind of bobbing in the water with your head till like what great, like, I don't even know what, I don't even know what at that point would eat you. Maybe like maybe a kraken, you know, something like that. Maybe a, maybe a big like i don't even know what would come up at that point and just boom then you're gone and then you're done and, and that's just all over you know and all because you just couldn't stay out of the water and avoid the saltwater crop that's what happens <laughs> you have a bigger fear of it than i do i won't go i mean it's not at all it's it's not a fear you know i'll get in the water all the time but but i am gonna take off anything shiny and you know all these other things like i'm gonna go through a checklist to make sure that i don't end up as a lunchable for a larger animal you know i'm not a big fan not a big fan of things that are like larger than me like horses and, and cows and stuff like that like we've got horses and cows up here in new york dude and i won't go in the fence with them mm -mm. i stay on the outside of the fence they need food i'll throw it over the fence i'm not going in there dude you see you ever see the videos of people getting kicked from those things i am good i like the way my face looks currently i like my current hairline i am good <laughs> Do you know that you are in an extreme sport? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, I know the risk, though. Like, I know that if I hit this kicker wrong, what can happen? I don't know what that horse is going to do. I don't know if that horse had a bad day. Maybe he got a bad apple. Maybe he's maybe he's mad that I went and bought the, the oats and molasses instead of the uh, – oh, there we go. Sorry. Sorry about that. Ironic Chris was actually calling me right there. You know, I, you know, I don't know if his horse got, he wanted me to get oats and molasses and instead I got him oats and corn. You know, I don't know if he's mad at me for that from yesterday. I don't know what's going on through his mind. You know, he could just be like, man, I don't like the color of his shirt today. Whack. And then you're just out cold for like five minutes to wake up and you don't, you don't have half the teeth in your mouth. And you don't remember second grade. Like that's literally what I, what could happen. And I'm like, I'm good. I will not, I'm not going to take the risk. You know, it's, it's like that thing. If you don't put yourself in a risky situation, you don't need to take a risk to get yourself out of it. So just, just, just take the extra two steps around him, keep eye contact on him. So he knows that, you know, he's there and you know, you, you'll be safe. You won't get eaten. You won't die. And you won't need surgery to have your left cheek removed from your shoulder and you'll be good. 
<laughs> have you ever seen a Barrett snowshoe? Yes, I have. Yep, twice actually. The first year I was there, and then 2011, I saw a bear just walking through the road, just do 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 do. Yep. While you were racing, or just when you were hanging out at the pits? Uh, just just while I was walking around, big black bear. Yep. But nothing while you were racing. No, no, nothing while I was racing. No, you know, I don't. Animals, I don't know. Yeah, usually, but I'd think that about most animals. But I mean, I, I hit a deer one year at Powerline Park. It was like 11, smoked the thing wide open on a cobra across the straightaway, just put the deer, didn't even let off, just kept going. Cart deer cartwheeled and was just flopped on the ground. It got up and kind of limped away. <laughs> uh, and you didn't crash. No, I was good. I never lifted. I was just like little chops over the deer. Gone. We we're gone. That's so crazy, man. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. Like just just the stuff out there, you know. And it's it's gnarly. We I've seen I've hit some turkeys before, big flock of them. I don't know if I don't know if you call it. Uh, is it a it might it's a flock of turkeys, right? Or is it a herd? One or the other. But there is a large a large gathering of turkeys one day on my practice loop, and I and I had a couple switchbacks, and I went through the corner, and the next thing I know. I, I did the switchback. They all flew up. I was like, oh, okay, sick. They're flying away. Next thing I know, they're just landing on me because they can't fly very far. And it was like downhill. So they're all just like, I'm getting just bombarded in the side of the head by these turkeys, like big turkeys. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, I'm like, <laughs> so I was like, this is not right. You and you and wildlife don't get along, do you? Oh, I love wildlife, dude. I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, keeping, keeping nature the way it is, as long as they let us use motorsports in it. But, you know, I, uh, I, I got a respect for nature. You know, we, we've got a, we've got a level, level respect for nature. You know, I'm not gonna, not gonna go out there looking, looking for an issue. And, and I hope that nature doesn't come looking for an issue with me. <laughs> well, as long as you don't bother the saltwater croc or the sharks you, I, I, or the bear, I think you'll be okay. You know, it's true. That's true. I used to have an alligator speaking of wildlife. I had an alligator in Florida that lived like underneath my dock. I named him Fred. He was my buddy. Mm-hmm. Until he got hungry. Yep. Yeah. But I, I didn't, I didn't play in the, you know, I was like, eh, I'm good. And then, then Fred disappeared. So I'm assuming that somebody called and had him removed, but he was, he was a good little alligator. You know, you'd walk out on the dock, he'd swim over, see you look up at you then you swim away. He's a good guy. He was probably thinking you were going to feed him. That's probably what it honestly was. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, all right, buddy. So let's go, let's get back. Let's get back to the ATV racing. Uh, all right, let's do it. My gosh. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to recover for this one for a while. You, you, uh, <laughs> you always make it a good time, Hunter. I really appreciate that. Hey, it's fun. You can't, you can't get high if you don't get low, you know? So if you just keep it, keep it right in the middle, you know, there's, there's no peaks and valleys. So if you just always are happy, you're good to go. But you're always happy and wide open. That's right. Well, it's it's taken me time to get to this point in my life. You know, like I used to have some lows, but we've just we've leveled that out. So imagine how high high up I used to be when like we we didn't have this level ground. You know, we we've at this point we we've taken the the peaks and we filled the valleys with it. So now it's just kind of like a smooth smooth whoop section like a like a nice sand track on a monday morning after it's been groomed nice and flowy and okay okay that's right and you're and you're always hitting that section in high gear 
That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's unbelievable, brother. So what do you think Snow's yeah. going to be like for you? Real rocky. Uh, I'm excited for it. We we usually do pretty well in, in the gnarly stuff just because we're so long and lanky that it that it adds to our abilities well there. And and I'm excited for it. You know, I'm really, really excited for Snowshoe. It's 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 a good track for us. And and it's exciting, exciting to be able to go into summer break and, and just have some time to recoup, regroup and, and get yourself ready to go for the second half. And and I'm excited though. I think it'll be I think it'll be really good and I can't wait. You know, I'm I'm excited to to get that to get snowshoe done with and and go into summer break and, and go do some uh I've got actually basically three three weeks of riding camps that starts July 5th. And, and leads all the way through July until we get to the end of July where I go lobster fishing at the end. And then August, you know, I think we're going out doing the Heartland Challenge with uh, the Action Off-Road team. And then after that, we're basically going to be, be laying low, probably go to the Unadilla uh, MX race, the motorcycle one. And then I'm hoping hoping to swing out to a works works race this year. You know, I'm hoping hoping to drive out with my buddies to hit one of those up. I don't know. What's, uh, what's the Lake Havasu track like? You, you you're out you're one of those west coast boys what's what's lake havasu like uh, it's it's probably the worst of all of them it's sand whoops <laughs> you know there's no real straightaways it's sand whoops sand whoops did i mention it has sand whoops well just once just 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 a little bit yeah, all right basically all it is 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 sand whoops i, I think it's almost better now than it used to be um, but it's still pretty rough. You, there is no rest sections. Um, they, they try to get the a motocross section in there, but there isn't one. Uh, Glen Helen is in October um, this year. Usually it's in September. It's hot and fast. Um, faster than you're probably used to. Um, they may have a pro section that would lend itself to your skill set, but the high speed stuff, um, I'm assuming that you would adapt pretty fast, but it's still not, it's still not what you guys are used to because it's, it's so high speed. Um, okay. Cedar, which that's, I think it's okay to say this now they're going to a different place than that's on the schedule right now in September. Um, and I don't, uh, remember off the top of my head, what, uh, November's race is. I think it's, um, November is uh, Lake Havasu. Okay, yeah, then that, that's the last yeah. year. Yeah, and that's that's the last one. Yeah, the championship will most likely be decided by then. Um, Bo's Bo's doing really well. Um, I think he's going to lock it down. Um, Fellow CST Maxis man, right there. There you go. That's right. And uh, I, right. I think that if you come out to that one, give me a call. I'll be more than glad to try to make it out and and meet you face to face and see if I can help you out in any way I possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the one, if I did go to one that, that it would be just, just because it's, it's after the GNCCs are over and, and, you know, we, we can't affect the GNCCs at all. We'd basically have to work around those because those are the nine to five and then everything else kind of funnels in around there. And I think it'd be cool. Uh, I've never done one. I've, I've been invited out a couple of times and, and I think it'd be cool. Um, I, I like the rough races. So, so I think that one would be, would be a good one. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a rough girl. How long did, how long are the races? Like what is hour and 15? What is the race time? Hour 15. Really? They're working on oh, okay. possibly next year, lengthening it, uh, a backup to an hour and a half. Um, when the numbers started dropping off the time shortened, 
I think they're going to get them back to longer races. It's that's what their the plan is. Um, because nice. motorcycles run two hours. Uh, I think that they can get the quads back up to two hours. Uh, it, 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 I think it'll be fun for them. It, it'll yeah, absolutely. It'll definitely separate things. Yeah, uh, that'd be sweet though. That'd be cool. I, I definitely would like to do one. You know, I've always I've always wanted to do one, and and it's it just looks good. You know, go out, rip one of those things, and and just be be um, diverse across across the board with with everything. You know, the skill sets and and just just kind of go out and, and race some other races and, and see what it's like, you know, on, on the other side of the pond and just see, see how, how it's run. Well, we'd love to have you out. Um, you know, I was, I was going to ask you if you'd had any opportunities to race desert races. Not yet. No, I'd like to, that's, that's one of the other, the other things I'd like to do either the mint 400, uh, Vegas Torino. I, I I'm not, not sure on, on the whole Baja scene, I'd like to, I'd like to stay in the U S for the first couple till, till we're in, in something like a side-by-side because, you know, you always hear the, hear the gnarly stories from, from Baja and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if HH is, is quite ready, ready for that yet. Well, I think Baja's just like any other race. You just have to remember where you are. You have to make sure that the team that you go with is knows what they're doing. Uh, you have to go where, you have to go with a group of people that are that know how to take care of you. You know. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's and, very fair. You know, Vegas Torino is no different. I mean, there's some sections out in Vegas when you're racing Vegas Torino, there is nothing. Really? Yeah, I mean, you're just it's desolate. Um, I, I think God forgot that that humans live on the planet, and and there's no reason you to, there's no reason for you to be there. Um, yeah. It's just that desolate, but Vegas Torino, probably the, the two, my two favorite races in the whole world are Vegas Torino and Pendezvous. And really, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just the funnest things I've ever done. Okay. The, the Pendezvous is one that I'd, I'd like to, if, if I got a, if I got a right team and the right people, that one would be pretty, pretty cool to go to and, and experience that as well. Just cause, just cause it's one of those one of experiences, you know, just, just kind of like the Heartland challenge you know, as well. Like I've never, I've never done a, done a race like that. And I'm excited to excited to go out to that this year and, and see how it goes. I, I think it, that we've got a, got a solid team put together and, and I think we stand a pretty good chance out there. If that's an endurance race, isn't it? Yeah. 10 hour. Yep. They break it up into sections or is it just a straight 10 hour straight, race? straight 10 hour race on like 18 minute lap time. You know, it's, it's a lot of laps and, uh, they start, they start at midday and they end at night. So they end basically how it is now pretty, pretty dark out. Oh, so you're going to have to have lights. Have to have lights. Yep. You'll need lights. Oh, wow. That makes it interesting guys like, like you that have never raced at night. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to have to start, start working in the side-by-side, you know, driving around with, you know, driving and freaking out there doing laps in the dark at night you're gonna be like man i thought hunter was done riding for the day it's gonna be like 9 30 and p.m out there just neighbors gonna be like man that kid's kind of crazy well some of guys get slower at night some guys get faster it just yeah i yeah i've i did at i actually i've done a i've done a 24-hour race before on a motorcycle and and the night stuff was gnarly you know that was that was freaking gnarly for me and it was, it was different, you know, I mean, it's probably changed now for me, but it was, it was like, I was, I was seeing shapes out there. I was like, this, this is gnarly. I was like, great Sasquatch's out here too. He's going to eat me now. Just again. Great. 
<laughs> we got to talk about this you and Sasquatch thing going on. <laughs> Dude, you know, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced there's one out here that's going to it's going to gobble me up, you know. I've seen some gnarly stuff up here in the in the woods of New York, you know. We've got a witch's grave and everything, like a legit witch's grave, like written headstone and everything. Here lies um something 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 witch of 18 63 or 1883 something something wonky like that up on the hill and it basically says do not disturb and it's it's gnarly like a big 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 tombstone like the size of a razor you know it's it's engraved on there and everything oh yeah it's it's gnarly aren't there bears up there in new york where you're at too well yeah but you know like i i, I like to think of them as my friend you know i the only time i've ever really seen them that was scary was i was i was mountain biking one day and I was like, man, that's a weird place for like some silt fence to be. And then the silt fence started to move. And I was like, oh, no, that's that's not silt fence. That's a bear. And it was a mama and two cubs. And I was like, yep, she will eat me for breakfast. <laughs> like, I was like, she probably won't even eat me. She'll probably just kill me so I don't touch her cubs. And then I'll just be there dead with my bicycle still clipped in. Just <laughs> laying there with my helmet on. Laying there with my helmet on. Dude, you have a very active imagination. Dude, it never stops. It never stops. Oh man, I would love to be on a road trip with you. I would, I would oh, laugh good. the whole entire time. Oh yeah, it's it's a comic, it's a comic trip. You know, we we get we go some deep dives and some conspiracy theorists. We go everywhere. We we go the full spectrum, dude. You know, we start with like literally just because we've got so much free time on on my hands while i'm driving you know i'm, I'm just stuck literally just brrr. so we, we throw in some conspiracy theories you know like like white stuff and then little do we know you know we're, we're 17 hours into this thing and we're like convinced of something you know because like they make some pretty compelling cases for some of that stuff and i'm like man you know maybe maybe you know maybe that's true i'm like no that's there's no way i'm like hunter punter pull yourself together yeah <laughs> so you're not convinced there's millions uh i don't know i mean ooh. i believe sooner in sasquatch than i would in aliens <laughs> if, we're, if we're going on a scale from what's what's real to fake you know i'd put sasquatch closer to the real than i would the aliens all right oh, you know like like maybe maybe there was a sasquatch you know like the only big argument that that really opens it up is is that usually the the apex predator isn't the smartest predator you know and and there's always usually something that's able to hunt and kill the smartest, smartest predator better. And, you know, I, I'd consider humans to be one of the smartest, if not the smartest species on earth, you know, like who's to say that we didn't at some point in, in history, just, just breed, you know, or, or hunt them to extinction. And, and that there isn't some truth behind it because like you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have all these accounts from, from all these different people, you know, like the, the Indians and, and the settlers and all these people that came to America and they're like, Oh yeah you know, this, this big furry animal came out of the woods, you know, like maybe it was a mutant bear, you know, that's, that's one of the things that makes the most sense is like a mutant bear or something like that. That was like a genetic, genetic mutation and, and stuff like that, that they just ended up seeing. And, but you never know, you never know what's out there. I mean, we heck, we've only explored, what is it? 10% of the oceans, five, 10% of the oceans, you know, who knows what's down there. Now there, there's, there's an endless possibility and we're just scratching the surface. We're just, we're just getting started. Dude. You know, it's, it's just like my racing. We're just getting started. There you go. You just, you just stay on the racing path. And, and, and I, would say, I would say, let's stay out of the ocean and let's stay out of the woods. Okay. Unless you're on your quad, yeah. let's, let, let, let's, let's stay out of the woods. Hey, 
hey, you're going to turn on the TV one day and it's going to be like that, that Bigfoot expedition. And you're going to see me on there just out there with like the microphone, just like knocking on the trees, trying to get a response back. <laughs> you're going to be like this guy. I know that guy. Well, should I tell anybody I know you at that point? <laughs> be like, ooh, ah, uh, man. Uh, hey, we got to delete those episodes. The Hunter Hart episodes? Yeah, we got to pull those down real quick. Uh, we, we can't have any record that we knew him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's too awesome, brother. Hey, but it's good luck it's this funny. weekend. Thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. And as always, young man, I want to invite you back for another episode. Um, hey, absolutely. It's been fun. Let's let's connect at the end of this year. See see how it ended up. See uh, see where we ended up. Well, hey, can you put that lead cart in front of everybody else for me? Lead cart. Your cart. Your, What's your that? Quad. Your quad. Oh yeah, I can try. We, we're oh, gonna do. We're gonna do our best. It's it's not a real race quad till it gets out front. Okay, fair enough. You know, Maxis did send us a set of twenty two twenty threes for this weekend, so we're gonna mount those big boys up and, and we're going to be ready to go. You know, we're going to, we're going to be ready to conquer the mountain. Do you put inserts in them? Yeah, we run tire balls. Yep. Tire balls. Do you do it or do you have somebody do it for you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the tire ball boy. You know, I'm in there, I'm in there elbows deep all the time, you know, lubed up and ready to go. Did you, how long did it take you to, to get a pattern to where you could put them together? Heck, I mean, we're still working on it, but you know, we're, we're down to about an hour for, for two tires. So about 30 minutes a tire, but I, but I also torque all the nuts, all the, or all the bolts that, uh, spec as well, you know? So I, I, I spec torque all those and, and stuff like that, but sometimes the fronts will fight me a little bit, but other than that, you know, we're, we're pretty good and it's, it's good. You know, we, we make some progress there and, and I like them. We've, we've got some actually exciting products coming out hopefully soon that, that I, that I'd like to be able to share with you guys later on this year. That's, that's still in the, the baby steps of R and D right now for, for ATV products. That's excellent. I'm always willing. Yeah. To, always willing to check it out. You know? Absolutely. I yeah. Was, that, I just sure. had a conversation today with a guy that does some developmental stuff on the old two fifty R's, you know, he's making yep. plastic products for those. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to hook up with him and, and, and get him on the show and, maybe possibly just go to where he puts that stuff together and, uh, and, and talk to him about it live, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be sweet. You know, it's amazing that 250 R market, you know, that was, that was pre pre my time. So I, I never really have like that big love for it. Like people are like, Oh, 250 R this 250 R that. And I'm like, ah, uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. That sounds cool. You know, I mean, it's a two stroke, so it's gotta be cool. But like, I, I never, I never was, was around for that. So I don't really, you know, remember much of it or, or really, not, not that I don't understand it. Cause I, cause it all makes sense to me, but it, it's cool, but it's not like, you know, some people are, it's like, it's that or nothing. I'm like, dude, they don't make parts anymore. Like, how are you going to race? Like the people that race those things, I'm like, man, that's, that's crazy that you're, you're racing your, your gem out here and, and you can't get parts for it anymore. You know, cause you're just buying used parts off people that they've got stored in their garages. Exactly. And that's the love of it, man. That's what that's crazy. started the, that they didn't start the four wheeler craze but it, it had a big impact on it. And, you know, we spent years and years and years developing it. And we're actually still making parts for them. Uh, we still do a lot of engines. My brother has his own cylinder design for it. So yeah, they're pretty awesome. So you that's, need to that's get, cool. go spend some time with Adam and, and get on. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't No, that guy. He's, he just bought a brand new one. Did you see that? Basically new thing was like in a crate. 
Dude, you need to go spend some time with Adam and go ride 250Rs and, and learn what it's all about. <laughs> I might have to do that, you know, freaking Adam. Good old Adam. <laughs> hey, brother. Good old Adam. Hey, this was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. You know, it was, I, it was nice. I always enjoy talking with you. Uh, be looking for me to text you out of the blue just to see how you're doing. Um, because I do absolutely results and, and I am watching. I know that I know I don't reach out as much as I should, but I am watching brother. Hey, you're good. I appreciate it. I was, I was like hearing from you. Thank you very much. And, uh, we'll be in touch about, uh, catching up with you for another episode. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.